92.3 and AM 16.20. Welcome to Let's Go Pensacola. I am your host, Julio Diaz. Hope you are having a great holiday weekend. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And uh, the fact that we are through Thanksgiving means that we are officially into the holidays. And uh, that that excites some people more than others. I, I am a fan of the holiday season, but a lot of people are, you know, get... Uh, Feel like they get inundated with all of it, you know, all of the uh, the Christmas music and the Christmas movies and the the general holiday spirit. I don't know how you get tired of that, but some people do. So I thought we'd kind of ease into that uh, this this year with a discussion of holiday movies, but a discussion of holiday movies that aren't necessarily holiday movies. I'm talking about movies that are set at the holidays. Uh, that some people love to consider as holiday movies, and they watch them every year for for the holidays. But uh, but you know they're, they're not about Santa, or they're not about you know uh, a Christmas romance or things like that. They're, they just happen to be set at the holiday season. I've got two great movie experts on the line with me this morning that I know are going to have plenty to say about this subject. Uh, first of all, uh, my my former compatriot at the Pensacola News Journal, and a uh, and a great uh, pop culture fan in general, also the creator of a great game called Goulash, Mike Suchicki. Welcome to Let's Go Pensacola. Hi, Julio. Thanks for having me on today. Thanks for being on. I, I always uh, enjoy a chance for us to uh, to schmooze like we did back in the day in the uh, the PNJ newsroom. <laughs> and uh, wait, wait, way too many minutes uh, at work. Uh, there's, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. <laughs> uh, and also joining me from the Derek Diamond Experience podcast and a filmmaker in his own right, Derek Diamond, welcome. Hey, Julio. Thanks for having me back on. Excited to be here. Glad to have you as well. Uh, always have great conversations with you. And I just uh, you know, thought this would be a fun topic to kind of, like I said, ease into the holiday season. You know, not everybody is ready to get uh, to get inundated with Buddy the Elf and Ralphie and, and uh, you know, you know Tim Allen as Santa Claus or whatever is whatever your go-to like traditional holiday movie is like right out of the bat. I, so I thought you know we we could start off talking about you know guys like uh, John McClane and Hans Gruber. You know that 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 seemed like a good place to to go with this, and and that's the, and I, I say that first because that's the quintessential argument movie. For for is this a holiday movie or not? And I'm talking about, of course, the original Die Hard. Uh, people forget also Die Hard Two also set at Christmas, but die, the first Die Hard seems to be the one that people focus on. About is that a Christmas movie? Well, it's set at Christmas. There's a holiday party at the Nakatomi Plaza. That's uh, you know where the, where the whole the whole plot of the movie takes place. Uh, you know. So, you know, and there there's certainly Christmas references throughout it. You know, there's a you know, the the famous scene where John McLean uh takes the guy's uh kills the guy, takes his gun and he leaves a message on the on the body saying, Now I've got a a shotgun, ho ho ho. You know, so there's right. definitely the elements there. Uh well Go ahead, Such. Julio, can I let me I I since there has been such a fervent debate over this, which to me is kind of disappointing. It kind of takes a lot of the fun out of it. But um, 
you know, I've given this way too much thought as far as what makes a Christmas movie. So to me, I've, I've, I've kind of boiled it down. To me, a movie becomes a quote-unquote Christmas movie if it incorporates elements of the season as a structural point, either in an ironic or non-ironic way. So, you know, just setting a movie during the Christmas season doesn't make it a Christmas movie. If Die Hard was just simply set during the Christmas season, it would not be a Christmas movie. But I think it qualifies because, one, uh, for instance, um, it may, again, making the reference to the season a structural point, you mentioned the elevator scene, you know, with the with the uh, the henchman in the Santa hat and the shirt that we, you know, now I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. Um, that's a, you know, incorporates the Christmas season into the structure of the movie. And then at the end, my one actually one of my favorite parts is the very ironic end credit sequence uh, with the use of let it snow over the end credits. That again is a way it, it, the movie incorporates the Christmas season into the structure of the movie, basically, you know, creating this ironic kind of, you know, thumbing your nose at, at the Christmas thing. That to me, it's elements like that in the movie that, that actually bring the whole Die Hard thing, you know, bring the whole, you know, Die Hard into being a Christmas movie. So, And I suspect that's going to be the, the case with the majority of the movies that we're going to talk about. I mean, I think that screenwriters and, 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 and filmmakers don't just arbitrarily set most movies at Christmas time. I'm, you know, there are, I'm sure, examples of, you know, of films that do, but generally speaking, if they're setting the movie at that time of year, there's something they're going for uh, with the, the Christmas element to it beyond just well, well, well snow looks the cool. Whole, the whole holiday thing gives the screenwriter a reason, a purpose to bring characters together. You know, you're bringing them together either, you know, like at an airport or a family dinner or, you know, at a Christmas party or whatever. It just it it gives that gives that that opportunity for characters to be together without straining a lot of credulity. See, I think this right. is this is a great place for Derek to chip in on this because Derek actually has made a film about family, so you, you've had some experience in that in that ballpark. Yeah, no, and I I agree a hundred percent with the. I consider Die Hard a Christmas movie, and it, it's a fun debate to have because at face value. You think of it as an action movie. You don't really think of it as a Christmas movie. But I, I kind of use the same comparison with um, horror films. Completely different type of genre, but you know, people had a debate, is Zombieland a horror movie, even though it's very clearly a comedy? Is Shaun of the Dead a horror film when it's clearly considered a comedy? I, I think if you have the essential elements and you use it to further the story, then I would consider it that. That's why I would consider Zombieland a horror comedy. That's why I consider Shaun of the Dead a horror comedy. I consider Die Hard a Christmas action film. So I, I would say it qualifies. And that is like really a whole subgenre unto itself. There is a subgenre of Christmas action films. There is a subgenre of Christmas horror films, for that matter. Uh, you know that that exists in there, and and uh, and we'll get into this a little later in the show too. But there's also a subgenre at this point of Christmas superhero movies, uh, which, well, I, which I think is fun. 
Julio, before we get off of Die Hard too much, I just want to say, see, my whole disappointment with the whole uh, is it a Christmas movie or not discussion is, again, like I said, people are starting to take this way too seriously. And to me, it all began, it it kind of began back with Scream 2. There's a great scene in Scream 2 where Jamie Kennedy's character is on the phone with the killer, and the killer asks him, What's your favorite scary movie? And Kennedy says, Showgirls. Great, <laughs> hilarious line. One of my favorite lines ever. But, and then, but, you know, and then later, though, and the reason I bring that up is that, see, later, be, before we got into this whole diehard, is it a Christmas movie or not, that was, if people had the same joke. People would say, you know, someone would be asked, what's your favorite Christmas movie? And people would ironically say, Die Hard. You know, it was began as a joke. Right. You know, and, and, and then it just started on social media, it just started escalating where people, you know, started getting way too serious. And again, like I said, that's what made me, you know, I kind of deconstructed and, and ask myself, what does make a Christmas movie? So anyway, but that's, that's just me venting about the whole <laughs> you. thing. Well, I'm personally you mean shocked. Take things way too seriously on social media. Yeah, I, I'm very shocked to hear that pop culture enthusiasts <laughs> would take things too seriously, especially on social media. I mean, social oh, media is yeah. absolutely a place of you know calm and rational debate, and and, and, and it's it's, and, it's the and, modern day yeah. salon, really. You know, it's uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, and at the same time, you know, I'm sure right now somebody's screaming at each other about still screaming at each other from a green bean casserole recipe from uh, from Thanksgiving a couple of days ago. Uh, we'll let right. them have that argument. We've got to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment with more. You're listening to News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Welcome back to Let's Go Pensacola. I am your host, Julio Diaz. We are talking about uh, non-traditional holiday movies, uh, movies that are, you know, that have some element of Christmas, but aren't necessarily the, the story isn't necessarily about Christmas. And uh, we've got uh, two great friends on the line with us this morning, Mike Suchicki and Derek Diamond. And I mentioned uh, right before the break that uh, there are, at this point, subgenres within within this, I guess, broad, already a subgenre. Uh, and one of those is uh, is superhero movies that are, are also Christmas movies. I think uh, at this point... I'd say we have three definite strong candidates for for conversation that in this uh, one, and the the first one, of course, is the one that that music uh, came from. That was uh, Susie and the Banshees with Face to Face, which of course was featured in the big dance scene at the Christmas party in Batman Returns. I think, if I, as far as I can remember, anyway, that's the first superhero movie that is set at the holidays and uses elements of the holidays. In in the storytelling and and I think one of the best too. I I still think that's one of the best Batman movies. Uh, Such I know you're a big Batman fan, so I want to give you a chance to chime mm-hmm. in on this one. No, I agree. I I uh, I mean that's not would not be my go to. I mean, in fact, I was 
you know, when you invited me on, I was trying to make a list in my mind of, of these non-traditional movies. That's not a go-to, but now that you bring it up, yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, very much, you know, the big all, all the big set pieces, for the most part, uh, revolve around Christmas. You know, there's the big scene with them kidnapping the the shrek's girl and the 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 tree and the big battle at the exactly the the tree lighting and all of that uh and then you like i mentioned of course the uh the the party where selena and bruce have their have their dance and they realize who they're dancing with that that's a christmas party you know Mm -hmm. uh so it's it's definitely in there and i just i aside from that i just i love that movie i i those first two tim burton batman movies I think are still still fantastic and still hold up, but I really I think Returns is actually the superior film. Yeah, I I, yeah, I, I can't those, disagree with that. Yeah, go ahead, Derek. Oh no, I was just saying that I agree in the sense that you know, it's different from Die Hard in the sense that like you immediately think of the Christmas element when it comes to Die Hard, but with Batman Returns, you think of it more as just of a Batman movie. Then, because I, I watched Batman Returns a couple of months ago for the first time in years, and I had completely forgotten about all the Christmas elements that have been added to it. So, yeah, I, I agree with what Mike's saying. It's not a, a go-to when I think of non-traditional Christmas movies, but I, I would definitely list it in that subgenre for the same reasons that we talked about with Die Hard. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a sleeper within the the Christmas superhero subgenre, as it were, and I think uh, the next film that I'm going to bring in, bring up for that subgenre is, is a little bit of a sleeper, too. I think people also forget that it is uh, it is set at the Christmas and the Christmas spirit is kind of part of the film, and that's Iron Man three. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that that is absolutely very much set at Christmas. The Christmas element is a part of it, and I think it's it's you know going back to what Such was saying about where things are used as as uh, you know ironic structural, ca- elements. structural elements, ironic counterpoints. I, I I think it's definitely an ironic counterpoint because this is a film where Tony Stark is very much dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder from the the events of the first avengers movie and he's very alienated at, at holidays and at the holidays and that's something a lot of people deal with it's kind of heavy subject matter for for both a superhero film and a a christmas film but i think it's kind of intrinsic to that film and it's uh one of the reasons i think it's a much stronger film than iron man 2 first of all uh which i i think is one of the more disappointing marvel cinematic universe entries but I, I think it's it's a really strong film, and we we have continued to see the impact of that film throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe films that have followed. Uh, Derek, I know you're a big Marvel movie guy, so so I'm going to bring you in on this. What, what what are your thoughts on Iron Man three? Well, I do want to throw out there. I would say I agree with your point in the fact that Iron Man three is a much stronger film than Iron Man two, because there is a good portion of Iron Man three where. Tony Stark's not in the Iron Man suit. So we actually get to really see Robert Downey Jr. act. Mm -hmm. And we see how good of an actor he is. Uh, You know, the scenes of him with with the kid especially, you know, they they just had great chemistry. And I I think for that reason, I I would put Iron Man 3, honestly, is one of the more underrated uh, MCU movies. I know a lot of people didn't like the twist with the Mandarin, but I wasn't like a diehard Iron Man fan growing up, so that twist didn't bother me as much. But I, I, for one, actually really like Iron Man 3 quite a bit. Well, and, you know, it's interesting you mentioned the thing with the Mandarin. Yeah, that was something that was, was unpopular amongst uh, the comic book traditionalists out there. But I think that that is, a, um, that is a plot thread within the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I don't believe they're done with yet. Uh, and no. I, well, and I believe... 
Go ahead. Shoot. Not not to get off the Christmas, uh, but isn't the new Shang Chi movie going to get back into that? Is that or am I? I, I believe so because I believe the full the full title is something along the lines of uh, Shang Chi and the Mystery of the Ten Rings or the the Fate of the right. Ten Rings or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that is a clear a clear allusion to the Mandarin. I think we're going to see the quote unquote real Mandarin in that film. And what I'm betting on, and, and I'm, I'm getting way into speculation here is for those who know anything about Shang-Chi and I'm sure a lot of the audience doesn't because a relatively obscure comic book character compared to some of the ones you're already familiar with from the Marvel cinematic universe. But uh, he originally was presented as the son of Fu Manchu, who is uh, kind of a legendary literary creation that is very much the, stereotype of the the evil Asian mastermind character. That's kind of where the stereotype originates is with this character, Fu Manchu. Well, that was a character that Marvel doesn't own. It was a character that they licensed and they used it for that sometime in the that comic. They don't have the rights to that character anymore and they're not licensing the rights to that character for the movie. My bet is they're going to replace him with the Mandarin. Ooh, that would be nice. I, I would, that would yeah. be interesting. I just think that that like would that, that would make the most sense in terms of uh, you know tying the Marvel Cinematic Universe together. You know, this very detailed plan that uh, that Kevin Feige and his uh, cronies over there have put together over the years, and I think uh, I, I think it just makes sense, and I think it would settle down a lot of people that have griped about that particular element of Iron Man three, in the same way that Avengers Endgame settled down a lot of people that had griped and griped and griped about Thor the Dark World. You know, that that was mm-hmm. one of the one of the least popular and, and you know, based on as a standalone movie, probably one of the, the least films in the in the chain quality wise. But then they go back and, and buy that back in, in Endgame. And, and now it's, you know, OK, I see why they did that. Or, right. You know, even if it's justifying it after the fact, they they. They made it work, and I, I, I just have a feeling that's where we're going with Shang-Chi, and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that, assuming we ever get to see another Marvel Cinematic Universe film. you know, <laughs> right. uh, Apparently, they are not going to buy into the, into the, well, we'll just go ahead and put it on streaming, at least not as of yet. So we've got, uh, at this point, Black Widow sitting done in the hopper, uh, and Eternals and Shang-Chi are both done shooting. I don't think they're done in post-production yet. Eventually, someday, when uh, I guess when uh, everybody is a good boy or girl and takes their vaccine, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to see that in the theaters and look forward to it until then. But uh, yeah. I, I saved the best for last as far as I'm concerned in this conversation because the last, uh, the last uh, superhero film I want to mention is the most recent one, and it's the one that I think most ties into Christmas uh, and... I just, just a film I really, really love, and that's Shazam. Yeah, absolutely. Christmas is absolutely intrinsic to this film, both in terms of what it has to say about family and the fact that everything is very clearly set at Christmas. There's there's Christmas music in the film. You even have Santa Claus as a character with dialogue, albeit a you know a mall Santa mascot type Santa rather than the actual guy in the North Pole that actually brings the toys. Right. Uh, I just I just love this movie. I'm a longtime fan of the character, and even though this is a different interpretation of the character than the original interpretation of the character, I just think the film is perfect. I, I, I you know, there's not much I would change about it. I, I I love it from start to finish. It holds up in the third act, and uh, and and the the presence of Santa in the film is actually a a big fun presence. That there's a couple of great 
moments that that character has in the film. Uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming and hoping that you've both seen it, but Such, I'm going to let you chime in here. No, I, I do agree. I, I, you know, but again, what's weird, Julio, is that I, almost, I had to be reminded of the Christmas elements in Shazam. If I, you know, I was fond of Shazam. I, I like all the choices that they made insofar as translating the character to screen. But, you know, in, until you reminded me, I did not, I'm sorry, it just did not stick in my mind as, as a Christmas movie. And the same thing, actually, with Iron Man 3. It wasn't until you reminded me that I thought, oh, yeah, I, I remember, now I remember the Christmas elements. On the other hand, when you mentioned Batman Returns, I was like, of course. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah. absolutely. So. I think if you go back and, and watch the Sam again, and I did fairly recently. I watched, I want to say maybe two or three months ago, I, I rewatched it. It, it. They're definitely there. And it's, you know, you, once you've seen it again and you're refreshed on it, you you'll think of it. But I, I mean, to me, especially like I mentioned with the, the Santa character, with the bit with uh, with Darla and her, her grown-up powered body, going to Santa and telling her that she's been a very good girl this year. It's just, it's just a <laughs> hilarious little scene. And then uh, right. I, I believe if I recall correctly, Santa has the last line in the film other than the, uh, other than the post credit scene where he's talking to the news camera and, and freaking out about everything that's happened. Derek, uh, how about you? How do you feel about this film? I completely agree. I actually saw this movie for the first time about two months ago. I missed it in its initial theatrical run, and I hate that I waited so long to watch it because you hit the nail on the head. If I could sum up this movie in one word, it would be fun. It is just a pure, fun movie, and you're right. The, the Christmas elements are absolutely there with the Santa character, the importance of family that's emphasized in the film. It, it, it absolutely qualifies to me. Yeah, I just I just really love the film, and uh, I've watched it, as I said, a couple of times. I did see it theatrically when it initially came out. You know what's interesting to me, and to set aside that much overthought little <laughs> description of what makes a Christmas movie that I had earlier, it just occurred to me, and the ironic thing about you know the whole Die Hard Christmas movie, to me, what another thing that makes a Christmas movie is, do, would you watch this movie other than during the Christmas season? The funny thing about Die Hard is that Ever since this discussion has started, you know, in the popular culture, I have had difficulty watching Die Hard outside of the Christmas season. You know, I want to see, I, you know, now that it's, you know, December's coming, I'm probably going to queue up Die Hard. And the same thing about Batman Returns. Batman Returns, I, I just unconsciously over the years, I only watch that during the holiday season. We do have to take another break, yeah. guys, but we'll be back in just a moment with more. You're listening to Let's Go Pensacola on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Welcome back to Let's Go Pensacola. I am your host, Julio Diaz. We have been talking about non-traditional holiday movies with Derek Diamond and Mike Suchicki. And uh, that right there that we just heard is one of my favorites. Uh, that's the theme from the main theme from Gremlins, which is uh, another movie. We mentioned a lot of these movies that don't necessarily actually come out at the holidays, but they are absolutely holiday movies. And 
Gremlins is is one of my favorites because there's no way you get around Gremlins being a Christmas movie. Gizmo was a Christmas gift. The 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 whole film, the, the whole town is done up for Christmas. There's Christmas music on the soundtrack. Even the the uh, the DJ that's in the movie is playing Christmas music. Uh, there's the whole uh, off kilter Phoebe Cates why I don't love Christmas story in the middle of it. Uh, you know, it's there's no getting around that as a Christmas movie, and I just think it's just one of the best and kind of lets us lean a little bit into the Christmas horror of it all too. Even though this was not necessarily a a horror horror movie, it, but it is kind of a horror movie and it is kind of a scary movie. And it, in fact, was uh, controversially one of the films that led to the existence of the PG thirteen rating because that rating didn't exist when the film came out. And uh, this is a PG rated film, but it's uh, it's a pretty intense PG rated film. Uh, are, are either of you in particular big fans of Gremlins? Oh sure. Uh, well, Such, I'll let you. I'll let you uh, spring off that then, please. Well, I mean, going back to again, just bringing up my uh, <laughs> overthought criterion that I mentioned earlier on what makes a Christmas movie, and I, those you ticked off all the different scenes in the movie that were, you know, brought in the the holiday season as a structural element of of the movie, and I mean, particularly. One of the classic scenes ever is Phoebe Cates relating the story of of why she hates Christmas, which they sort of called back and did some self-parody in Gremlins 2. Oh, it's so great um, where they do that in Gremlins 2. And, and, uh, but, but yeah, all the different elements that, you know, were, in other words, again, it, if, if Gremlins were simply set during Christmas, then no, it would not be a Christmas movie. But the fact that they they brought the holidays into the actual structure of the movie, yeah, it's and it, it does. I mean, and and that's one where you mentioned that movie. I I tend to think of it, think of the holidays right away, unlike some of the others that I had to be reminded that were set during the holidays, not Gremlins. Yeah, it's, it's like you said about you. You, know, you reach for those films at, at this time of year, and, and Gremlins is one that I definitely reach for this, this time of year. And and not the not the same with Gremlins too. Gremlins two, I feel like I can watch pretty much any time. Uh, right. And in fact, just watched rewatched a couple of months ago. Uh, but but that film's not set at the holidays. It's not the, you know, it's set at another holiday because that leads into the 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 callback that you just mentioned. But uh, but that's not really even an element of the film. It's just done. That's it's set then, so that they can make that joke. That's the only right, reason. Right. Exactly. That's there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Derek, are you at all a fan, a fan of Gremlins? Yeah. No, I haven't seen Gremlins in many years, but I, I do very much like the movie. And and I think really you can sum up the whole: is Gremlins a Christmas movie or not? With one of the first things that you mentioned, Julio, Gizmo was a Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. He is the central plot point of the movie. So you can just use that and you're like, okay, yep, it's a Christmas movie. I mean, all the other elements there you know, are great, but at, at its core, Christmas does drive the story because otherwise, you know, Gizmo wouldn't be around. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, and I wanted to, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, some of these other Christmas horror films. And I, I think in a lot of cases those are more into the category of 
happen to be set at Christmas. Like the the amazingly, the fact that there are three versions of Black Christmas. That movie has been remade twice. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I think that's just happens to be set at Christmas more than it is in particular a Christmas movie. Uh, versus something like Krampus, which is you know based on the legendary Christmas demon. That's an actual. I, I would almost go so far as to put that into the more traditional Christmas movie category, even though it is a Christmas horror movie, because it is ta- it is building on the you know something that it, maybe not necessarily in American culture, but certainly in European culture is an intrinsic part of Christmas. The Krampus character is. Is is, mm-hmm. a, is a legendary Christmas demon? You know, he's the 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 mm-hmm. old. So I I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I know we're we're trying to keep it more towards uh, towards things that aren't necessarily traditional. W- would you consider that a traditional Christmas movie, Derek? Um, as far as Krampus goes, I would say yes because it's not, as you said, it's not an American. Christmas theme, but Christmas is celebrated in other countries and in different ways. So for it to incorporate a legendary character that is involved with Christmas, yeah, I I would classify it as that. Now, Such, have you seen this one? No, I have not seen Krampus. I know of the legend, of course, but I have not seen that particular movie. Yeah, it's a a, a really fun movie. It does have a lot of humor to it, and... uh, kind of gets back into the discussion that we were having earlier in the show about uh, horror comedy. So it's got, it's, I, it may be the only example of Christmas horror comedy. Although, you know, there's certainly some comedy in gremlins, uh, but a subgenre of a subgenre. Yeah. You know, we, we yeah. can, we can sit here and dissect things all day long. Uh, I, you know, I think maybe the most famous Christmas horror series is probably the silent night, deadly night series. Uh, which uh, are of, of varying quality, but I think that everybody, if you at all remotely consider yourself a horror movie fan, should make a point of at some point seeing Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, just because it is the source of the most ridiculous, over-the-top line-slash-murder in a horror movie. Uh, and if you've seen the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say, Garbage Day! <laughs> and and if you if you haven't seen that as a meme on the internet yet or anything either, then uh, welcome back from your you know thirty year slumber. Got more than thirty years. That movie came out in uh, in eighty seven. <laughs> so your thirty five year slumber. Uh, Ronald Reagan's not president anymore, uh, and uh, and there's been a lot that you need to catch up on. <laughs> uh, are, are are the viewer in particular fans of Christmas horror movies in general? I mean, you know, it's it's a weird little subgenre. Um, well, you know, me, I'm, not, I'm not a horror course. guy. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's, I was thinking Derek might be, but I knew you weren't particularly a horror guy. Yeah, no, horror's not... I watch horror comedies, and I, I like some of the classics, like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, but horror's usually not a genre that I go out of my way to watch. I'm surprised that we haven't gotten uh, one of those big uh, franchise horror franchises that's done a, a Christmas oriented version of that. You know, a Freddy Krueger film set at Christmas would be interesting or probably not a nightmare on Elm Street or, or not a Friday the 13th so much. Cause that's kind of a summer camp thing. But, uh, but uh, you know, nightmare on Elm Street at Christmas, that could, that could be interesting. Uh, child's Santa play, Kruger. child's play at Christmas would make sense. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Well, actually, um, was Chucky a Christmas gift or was he a birthday gift? Now that I'm saying that, I don't remember. Huh. Uh, I'll have to look. When we go to the break, I'll have to look that up. But, uh, uh, you know, I wanted to give each of you a chance to, to bring up some of your favorite, favorite non-traditional Christmas movies, too. And I assume you said you actually uh, made a little bit of a list. So I'll start with you. Uh, pick out your, your first one that you want to mention. About uh, non-traditional yes. uh, Christmas movies? Um, oh, gosh. Um, Julio, you caught me off guard because I don't have my, my list in front of me right now, so I'm going to pass, okay? Okay, Derek, do you, let me, do you, do you have one you'd like to mention? Yeah, I, I'll just throw off a couple. Um, I, Batman Returns obviously would be up there. I love the both Tim Burton Batman films, and I, I've actually grown to appreciate Batman Returns more as an adult now that I've gone back and watched through you know that whole series again. Um, that would probably that would be that would be up there near the top of my list. Um, I'm just going off in in no particular order, but my my other would be the more recent one, and then we talked about it was Shazam. You know, I was really surprised at not just how fun of a movie it was, but how good of a movie it was. And a lot of you know, DC gets a lot of flack for putting out very hit or miss products when it comes to films. But I, I think they really delivered on that one. I think uh, most of the stuff that has not directly involved Zack Snyder has been pretty darn good. Well, <laughs> I didn't want to openly. I'm not just trying, I'm not trying to knock Zack Snyder in particular, uh, but I, you know, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam, Birds of Prey. I, I, I really liked all of them. I think I think I they, still need to see Birds of Prey. Uh, you can uh, you can grab a copy at uh, Target right now for like uh, five or six bucks on Blu-ray. I just picked it up myself. So if, oh, you, if you want to do that, or it's on HBO Max if you got HBO Max. So I have HBO Max. So. Has nothing to I'll do watch. with <laughs> yeah. Has nothing to do with Christmas films, but it is it is a fun film. Uh, yeah. Suits, hey. Such, go ahead, Julio. Yeah, uh, full disclosure, Julio, when you asked me that question about my list, I was caught off guard because, uh, truth told, I was actually looking up uh, Child's Play uh, to answer the question about, and it was, Chucky was, in the original, was a birthday gift. Okay, Uh, yeah, I thought so. I didn't remember remember any Christmas imagery in the film, and it's been some time since I've seen it, and I haven't seen every Child's Play movie. In fact, I think I've only seen that first one. Uh, and didn't see the remake either. The remake, I don't remember in the ads or anything having any kind of holiday imagery in, in that either. But, you know, occasionally it doesn't happen very often, but every once in a while I, I am wrong. It, it, you know, it's 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 few and far between, but it does happen. Uh, Such, I'm going to let you get to your list in just a moment. We do have to take another break. You're listening to Let's Go Pensacola on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Welcome back to Let's Go Pensacola. I am your host, Julio Diaz. We have been having a great time talking about non-traditional holiday movies with Mike Suchicki and Derek Diamond. And uh, I had to cut you off right before the, the break there, Such, but you had a, a list of films that you wanted to, to mention in this context. So uh, you, you teased me that you have one that is the quintessential non-holiday yeah. holiday movie. 
when you uh, when I was you know just kind of going through my I mean already a lot of the ones that uh, from the list that we've already mentioned but at the top of my list that to me and again it, it fits the criteria of incorporating Christmas into the structure of the movie and also just it's a movie that I only want to see during Christmas and that is it's the movie Trading Places oh with great Eddie choice and Dan Aykroyd and um, and what's you know it's like for instance if you if you Google trading places and go to the images, one of the images that pops up the most is that of the very downtrodden and disheveled uh, Dan Aykroyd uh, in his uh, muddy, grimy Santa costume with a gun, and he, <laughs> and I still remember the fish down his. He's got he's got the fish and he's eating the fish through the beard. Which is the grossest thing, and but it was so so funny. I love love that. Well, love both those guys, but and it but um, uh, it's a movie that still bring it. It brings you know that holiday joy, but it just makes me makes me smile and giggle all the way through every time I see it. And um, so yeah, that that to me is is it's not necessarily a quote unquote Christmas movie, but it's enough Christmas in it that, to me, it qualifies to be on this list. Actually, it incorporates the whole holiday season because the, the film goes on into New Year's and there there is a, you know, of course, the, the famous train try that. Yeah. Exactly. The famous train ride sequence in there where, you know, Eddie Murphy comes in dressed as the African uh, foreign exchange student and he says, Merry New Year. And it's, Merry New Year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it's, you know, it's the, so the whole thing, yeah, it's, it's very much absolutely intrinsic to the film and uh and is very much it is one of those films i reach for this time of year too and one that i had marked off to to mention as well uh derek are you a fan of this film at all i haven't seen it in a long time oh it re- sounds re- like i need to refresh my uh my memory on it i mean i i will give you the the trigger warning that yes dan Aykroyd is in blackface in this movie at one point uh but uh okay. But other than that, it's a movie that really holds up, and uh, and I think it's a lot of fun. In fact, it was something that I was thinking about uh, recently in, in, in other terms. I don't want to get too much into because I don't like to get too much into politics on this show. But uh, when when Randall and Mortimer get their comeuppance, uh, it, it just kind of reminded me of what we've seen recently with the uh, the election results. Let's just... Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> there, there seem to be some parallels there to me, uh, where where uh, Randall and Mortimer might uh, seem a little familiar to you uh, if you've uh, paid attention to who's been running the country for the last four years. Uh, so, uh, and but remember, remember they get their they they get their uh, resurgence in coming to America. They do, they, they do. It's a shame. They, uh, it's a shame that uh, that neither uh, uh, neither of those two actors are still with us because uh, you know of course we do have a coming to America sequel coming to Amazon Prime right. in a couple of months and it would have been nice to have had a, another little touch on, on Randolph and Mortimer but of course neither of those actors I, are with us anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if they figure out a way to to do a callback in some way. So by the way, by the way, I'm scanning the trivia on on Trading Places and. Eddie Murphy was 21 years old when that movie was made. Yeah, it's so, crazy. You know, he started wow. on, on SNL when he was 18. You know, he started very, very That's, young, yeah. and that was one of his first very uh, young, so. his first big films. It's a, it's amazing to think. You know, he's he's not that old, really. Even still, you know, he's one of those 
long careers where they feel like they've been around forever. You know, Stevie Wonder's the same way. Stevie Wonder was, you know, was originally the the you know the twelve year old genius or whatever they called him, something like that. And uh, you right. know, you you forget that he is a contemporary of a lot of people that died young, and he's not still not that old. He's only in his like mid sixties. But like you know, he and Michael Jackson were around the same age, and you right. know, my, Michael, of course, died very young, died at fifty. And you you feel like, oh gosh, I'm worried about Stevie. Well, Stevie's probably got another twenty years in him. At least I hope so. Knock wood, because uh, I'm I'm a big fan. Uh, you, Suits, you mentioned you had a, a couple others you wanted to throw in there. Uh, well, again, let me see. There were there were um, a lot of those that we already mentioned. Of course, now here's the thing. Here, Julio, you kind of earlier talked about, you know. Uh, uh, you kind of got into this whether, you know, even a movie that is set in the time and it may have a blatant Christmas reference could arguably not be a Christmas movie if you really think about it. And the one that comes to mind is Bad Santa right? Uh, with Billy Bob Thornton, which is a very, to me, <laughs> underrated movie. I mean, I just, I love that movie. Um but, uh, you know, there a, very, a lot of arguments could be made that this is really not a holiday movie, Bad Santa, even though it's it's all about a a, uh, a department store Santa and, you know, the Santa is in the name and all that. But uh, I think that's it, what it, takes it over into. Yeah, it is, because it's intrinsic to the film that they're pulling a holiday scam. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that gives it the, the credibility of saying, yeah, it's a Christmas movie. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't see the sequel uh, and I, I have not heard good things about the sequel. And the sequel. No, I've not either. I don't I have I don't even want to after reading about it. I don't I don't want to spoil the vibe of the first movie. Have you ever done that where you, you see a movie you like so much, but then you read bad things about the sequel. So you don't want to you don't want to spoil the vibe of of the uh, of the and okay one more one more Julio and this is this I have to admit I cheated on this one because I literally googled non non Christmas Christmas movies so this one is 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 out of you know not one that I would have even thought of but uh, it appeared on a on a list uh, which is uh, Eyes Wide Shut yeah with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman I, the I, Kubrick I movie. I did the same thing, and I, I saw that. I haven't actually seen that film. It's one of the few Kubrick films I haven't seen. Uh, but I, I saw that on the list, and I was like, whoa, really? But, yeah, apparently so. Did Did you see the film? You know, I, yeah, well, yes and no, because I have watched when it was on HBO or whatever. I would watch, I would sit and watch long stretches of that movie, and I would feel that I had watched the equivalent of a movie, but you know, Kubrick made Kubrick made these you know monument these long movies. So even though I've not seen the whole movie, I have seen the equivalent of several movies just with the bits and pieces I've seen. Um, so I basically I've not seen it from beginning to end. Sat down and watched it, but uh, but yeah, it does takes place during Christmas. So, but I see I don't think that they they bring Christmas as a into the structure of the movie enough it's just to me it's one of those movies that's simply set at christmas and and doesn't exactly uh incorporate christmas into it but 
Okay, so I, I, I want to close this out. We've only got a couple minutes left on the show. Uh, by saying something that I think is going to blow everyone's mind with a film that I'm going to throw into this category. And, and I'm really going to throw it into this category as more of uh, just happens to be set at Christmas rather than Christmas necessarily being intrinsic to the film. And it's going to blow a lot of minds because there's not many movies that people think of more as Christmas films than the one I'm about to mention. And that's It's a Wonderful Life. You know, it's funny. It's funny you should say that because uh, you're right. It's not a. It's when you think about it, it just like at the end, or you know, it just happens to be set around the Christmas season. But it's by no means. It's like it's like movie. It's like songs, like Winter Wonderland. When you think of Winter Wonderland, Winter Wonderland is not a a holiday song. If mm-hmm. you listen to the lyrics, neither is Jingle Bells. Um, but you know they they become established, you know they become synonymous with the holidays, and I, it's a wonderful life. Is the same thing. Yeah, it's there. I mean, it's a. I'm not taking away anything from the film. It's a great film. You know, if you if you haven't seen it, you should. Everybody should should see it. It's one of the all time classics, uh, and it is very much a film that gives you that warm feeling. It feels you know you feel good. You feel like. It's about, you know, the the better parts of human nature. And, yeah, there, there's an angel in the film, you know. But mm-hmm. it, it's not really about Christmas. It, you, the, you know, it's, of course, the famous line of the, the at the very end of the film with the, and I'm not, if this is a spoiler for you, if, if it's a wonderful life is a spoiler for you, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, but it's one of the most famous scenes and lines in film history where the bell on the Christmas tree rings because a breeze blows through. And uh, the the little girl says, teacher says, every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. And that's really, you know, other than the fact that it happens to take place on Christmas Eve, that's the whole Christmas of it all. And this is a film that, you know, really, at, that every network shows at Christmas time because it's been public domain for years. And, uh, you know, Derek, I, I'm sure you've seen It's a Wonderful Life. I want to give you a chance to chime in here, too. No, 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 and by chime in, I don't mean you're giving an angel his wings. I just mean <laughs> I'm, I'm not that talented. <laughs> um, so this might shock you. I've never seen the movie. Oh wow! Well, you should definitely check it out. I mean, like I said, it's one of those films that that everybody should see. You know, and I, I hate—I kind of hate saying that because you know, oh, shame on you. You haven't. No, I'm not saying that. But you know, it's it's a classic uh, for I, a reason. I was. Yeah, it, it I was very deeply in adult adulthood before I saw it. Yeah, and and so was I. In fairness, you know, so you know, uh, and, and Derek's a little younger than both of us, I think. So you know, he's he's got a little bit of a pass. We're not gonna we're not gonna you know put coal in his stocking or anything for it. It wouldn't be for that reason. <laughs> well, you know, that's between that's between you and Santa. So when you go, uh, yeah. I, I I wonder are they gonna, even going to do the uh, ghost set on Santa's lap at the mall this year? I'm wondering if that's even going to I'm not be able sure. To happen. It's a good well, question. Well, we'll have to check it out, and we'll let you know next week when we're back, guys. But we are out of time for today. Uh, Derek, Such, I really want to thank you so much. It's been great talking with you guys. I always have great conversations with both of you. Uh, until next week, folks, you're listening to Let's Go Pensacola on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620.